Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, LSM radio.org. Now, here's our show today. All Christians know that Christ has ascended into heaven and that today he is in heaven. However, not many are familiar with the scene in heaven after Christ's ascension. This scene is quite particular and we want to see it very clearly. It's the subject of the first verses in Revelation chapter 4, and Francis Ball has joined us as we look into this tremendous chapter to get a scene that is unlike probably any we've seen. Welcome back to the program, Francis. It's always good to be here with you, Chris, and look forward to today's program, too, with you. You know, Francis, this first verse in chapter 4 says, And these things I saw, and behold, a door opened in heaven. The Lord is always seeking men on earth, who are after his heart. And when he finds one, as he did here with the Apostle John, he opens the door and grants a great vision. Give us some other instances where we've seen this in Scripture, Francis. Well, I think this is a marvelous principle because uh, God wants to make his will and his way known. But uh, the problem is having a man on earth who can be caring for his plan. The plan is hidden in heaven, but when he finds such a man... Then he opens the door, and he opens up heaven. He did this with Jacob, for example, back in Genesis 28. Right. He also did this with Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, it makes clear that here was a man that was open to God. And, of course, Jesus was a man, and it was to Jesus that God could open up everything. And even to Stephen, when he was stoned, you know, he said, I saw heaven open and the Son Son of Man Man. standing on the right hand of God. And... uh, Peter also had this experience. In Acts chapter 10, it mentions that Peter was in a trance, and he saw heaven opened and the great sheet coming down. So these are cases where heaven has been opened. I believe now we'll see that heaven was opened to John Mm -hmm. in his writing of this book. And let's see what comes out from this site. Well, let's look at these verses. I think we will get a definite impression. Not only did John get a view, but through his eyes, If the Lord is uh, merciful to us, we're going to get such a view. These verses read this way, again, in the beginning of chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. After these things I saw, and behold, a door opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things that must take place after these things. Immediately I was in spirit, and behold, there was a throne set in heaven, 
And upon the throne there was one sitting, and he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Quite a view, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee as he begins to help us see it. Not many Christians do know, or not many have seen the real sin, the real view in the heavens after Christ's ascension. We'll all have to see such a view, such a sin, after Christ ascended to the heavens. First of all, in the heavens, there is the throne. This book, firstly, is focused in this throne. The throne is the center of God's administration. And this book, from chapter 4, unveils to us God's universal administration. And his throne in heaven is the center of this administration. So, in this book, firstly, it is focused on the throne of God in heaven. Above or around this throne is a rainbow. The rainbow there shows that God is faithful in his administration toward people. Toward the humankind, God would remember his covenant made with mankind through Noah. He will not judge men. He will not destroy the earth with water animal. He will keep his covenant. He is a judging God. Yet he is also a covenant keeping God. His judgment will still take care of his covenant. The rainbow there around the throne is such a solid reminder. Then out of the throne coming forth what? Lightnings, voices, thunders. All these three things indicating that God is going to exercise his wrath in his judgment. Quite a good picture there. A throne. Then a rainbow around it. And before the throne, seven lamps shining. And these seven lamps are just the seven spirit of God. This indicate God is going out to touch mankind. God is going out to touch the earth. By what way? By the seven lamps. By his seven spirits. Burning, shining, observing, searching, and judging. This is the significance of the picture. Francis, what we're seeing is a general scene of the situation in the heavens. And I think we need to point out early here, it'll help later on in our program today. This is the scene after the ascension of Christ 
after his death and resurrection and after his ascension, but right before he enters into the scene, uh, because that comes up in chapter 5. To understand the big picture of what we're seeing, we do need to know the significance of some of these items that we just saw, uh, the throne and the rainbow and these seven lamps in particular. Help us with these. Well, I think the main thing we need to always start with when we're in the book of Revelation, that this is a book of signs. And so when we get a view into heaven after the ascension of Christ, the first thing we see is not the cross, but is a throne. There's a throne set up in heaven because God is governing everything. He is in charge. All things are under his throne. Nothing can be carried out apart from his throne. And if we get a view in heaven, the first thing that strikes us is this throne. And another wonderful thing in that verse, it says there's a rainbow around the throne. And a rainbow was what appeared to Noah when God promised not to judge all of flesh again with a flood. But uh, that doesn't mean he's not a God of judgment and he will not judge. He certainly will judge. And a throne indicates that he will judge. But that rainbow shows that he will judge uh, in the light of his covenant with man. God is a covenant-making God. And when he judges, there's always that assurance that he will keep his covenant with man. So those things are really quite prevailing in this first view as we open up heaven and open up ourselves to see what's in heaven, a throne with a rainbow around it. And then there are also seven lamps. These seven lamps are how God is touching the earth. He's going to touch mankind by these seven lamps. And these seven lamps are the seven eyes of the seven spirits. So uh, these eyes are really for judging, for infusing, for enlightening, for searching. This is the way God is going to carry out his dealing with man. I think it's uh, quite important for us to realize, Chris, that uh, people think about uh, just the grace of God and the love of God, but if you only stay with that part, you miss what God really is doing today. He ascended, there's a throne there, and there are his eyes that are searching, enlightening, and judging. So we have to realize the Lord is a judging God, but also with the promise of his rainbow around the throne. Francis, I think as we proceed today, we're going to see that all of these things are not random, not scattered, but as you said, everything is done very purposefully and directly by this one on the throne, the seat of his administration in the universe, administrating the accomplishment of his eternal economy. And all of these pictures that we're seeing in Revelation point us continually again and again to the accomplishment of that purpose. Let's look at a couple of these verses in a little more uh, detail as we join Witness Lee once again. Particularly, I'd like to point out verse 2 and 3, and then bring in verse 1 from chapter 5. Verse 2 says, Immediately I was in spirit, and behold, there was a throne set in heaven, and upon the throne there was one sitting. Verse 3, And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. And now chapter 5, verse 1, And I saw on the right hand of him who sits on the throne a scroll written, and on the back sealed up with seven seals. The scroll in the right hand of this one sitting on the throne, and a very particular appearance of this one. That's what we're going to look at next. Here's Witness Lee once again. Upon the throne, God is sitting there. See, 
the throne is the center. And upon the center, God is there seated. And this very God looks like what? Looks like a jasper stone. And also a sardius stone. Most of the uh, Bible students agree that the sardius stone is red. And the jasper stone probably is somewhat greenish. Green. In other words, two colors are there. Red and green. But green first, then red. What does this indicate? This indicates the very God who is sitting on the throne is the very God of life. Green, this color in the Bible, signifies living things, life. We all know this. Look at the grass. Look at all the greens. All the greens are just the color of life. And God's color is firstly green. He is the very God of life. He is the source of life. Amen. He is not only the God of life today, but also the God of redemption. Why? Because we, his created ones, got fallen. Then he came to redeem us with his blood. So he has two colors, the color of life and the color of redemption. He is the life-giving God. He is also the redeeming God. He is sitting on the throne as such a God of life and of redemption. Amen. On his right hand is a scroll. This life-giving and redeeming God has a mystery. And this mystery is held in his hand. And this mystery is concerning the whole universe. It's concerning the destiny of the whole universe. And it has never been opened by anyone. It is sealed with seven seals. This signifies that the mystery, the secret of the whole universe is held in this God, the God of life and the God of redemption. Francis, the scroll in his right hand is the mystery of the universe. It has to be significant that this one holding the scroll has the appearance of Jasper and Sardius. How are the green of the Jasper Francis and the red of the Sardius meaningful to us as they relate to our being able to enter into this great mystery? Well, it's a wonderful thing that we could uh, enter into this great mystery, but we really need some help here Yeah, because the colors indicated in these two stones are these two appearances there, the Jasper and the Sardius, really fit into the very beginning of the Bible because God's intention was to be life. Everything came out of life, God's life. Even all of creation was because God is a God of life. But here, this appearance of him as life is followed by the sardius stone, which is a, a deep red. 
This indicates the redemption of Christ. From the Lord's view, first there's life, and then there's redemption. But in our experience, we're not so much in life. We've fallen. Right. And we're in darkness, and we need light. But first, we need to be redeemed. And that's the meaning of the sardius stone. God comes from one direction, life to redemption. But we experience first redemption, and that brings us into life. By the redemption of Christ, through his death and resurrection, we are made alive. And he begins to enlighten us in so many ways. So uh, with the redemption, then we're brought to life. And then this way we can see. And it's marvelous how this has been opened up to us with these uh, few words from these verses to see that that mystery is in the hands of the one who is both Jasper and Sardius in appearance. And we have experienced the redemption of Christ so we can get the life of God and we can be brought into this mystery. Yeah, I liked how you put that. We see so much from just so few words when it's uh, presented in such a way. We've got a couple of more short portions that have a lot to show us. Verse 4 says, And around the throne there were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones 24 elders sitting, clothed in white garments, and upon their heads golden crowns. And now verse 6. And before the throne there was, as it were, a glassy sea like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne there were four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. We're going to have this portion open for us as we go back to Witness Lee. Around God the throne, there are 24 elders sitting on 24 thrones around the throne. Around the central throne, there are another 24 thrones. And 24 elders are sitting on these 24 thrones. Who are the elders? In the whole universe, among God's creation, who are the eldest? No doubt, the angel. The 24 elders here are not the elders of the church, but the elders of the angels angelic elders. Then there are also four living creatures in the midst of and around the throne. These living creatures, the most striking aspect of them is the eyes. All these living creatures are full of eyes in front, behind, and within. We Christians today are some living creatures. And we should be like this, full of eyes, transparent. When you are full of eyes, you are just transparent. Now, we come to the worship of God. This is the worship of God, not the Lamb yet. In chapter 4, the Lamb has not come into the scene. Chapter 4 doesn't say the Lamb yet. It only tells us the scene into which Christ's ascension was. It can cite a view. The angels are represented by the 24 elders and all the other creatures are represented 
by the four living creatures. The scene in heaven is that all the creatures are worshiping God. The four living creatures take the lead to represent all the creatures to worship God and the 24 elderly angels also take the lead representing all the angels to worship God. This is a good picture. Keep this in mind. We will come to see how Christ, after his ascension, got into the sea. Well, Francis, three things quickly that we'd like to touch in this last couple of minutes. We have around the throne 24 additional thrones with 24 elders, uh, then four living creatures full of eyes, Francis, and then finally a kind of worship going on to God from these uh, elders and from these four living creatures. Touch all of these, and gee, you've got almost two minutes. (laughs) I think it's really uh, marvelous that we have seen that the book of Revelation is full of signs. If you take these things just literally, you'd really be in a quandary. You wouldn't know what was going on. But now, to say that these uh, 24 elders are the angels, that really makes sense because the angels are the most ancient of God's creation. And so they are the elders here that are around the throne and worshiping God. They sit on thrones with golden crowns on their heads, and this indicates that they must be the rulers of the universe That is, until the millennial kingdom, when the authority to rule on the earth will be given to the overcoming saints. So I think this is quite marvelous to see these elders in this light. Now concerning the the living creatures, these really represent all the creation of God, all the other creatures on the earth. Four is quite significant Mm -hmm. that he would mention the four living creatures. This goes back to the very beginning in Genesis when the river that went out in Eden went in four directions to cover the whole earth. There's also a reference in uh, Isaiah about the four quarters of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so this thing about the four corners of the earth and uh, the number of the living creatures, this reveals that they represent all the creatures on earth and in heaven except the angels who are represented by the 24 elders. So these living creatures now are full of eyes in front, behind, and within. And that means they're transparent. If this couldn't be pointed out to us in this way, I don't know when we would ever arrive at this kind of realization. So how wonderful that we can have this kind of ministry Mm -hmm. that makes these things so practical, so real, and uh, not so mysterious as we thought. And Francis, if we had more time, we could touch this last point about the worship. It's, I think, enough just to say as we conclude today that these ones are worshiping God, not just for his power in creation, but the verse is very wonderful there. Uh, And if our listeners will get the life study, they can get this marvelous point. But they're worshiping him with the view of creation being for the accomplishment of his will, his purpose, which is really what this whole book is focused on actually what the whole Bible is focused on, so we really need to see this. I appreciate your correction and enlargement there. (laughs) It is the whole Bible that uh, has this view. Francis, appreciate your fellowship today. Thank you for uh, joining us and come back again quite soon. Thank you very much. I'd like to. 
Uh, let us point out as we close today our toll-free number and invite you to call us. Again, the printed life study messages cover these things that we can only just give a very quick superficial surface uh, dealing with, but the details are there. And also, of course, the marvelous footnotes in the uh, recovery version of the New Testament. Both of these resources available here at Living Stream, and we'd love to tell you about them. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Today for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.